0: Hey, what's going on? It's Antonio Neves and boy, are you in for a treat with today's episode of the Best Thing Podcast. I talked to Kim Kaupp. We talk about everything from relationship building, why you should be using LinkedIn and how to use it, the power of follow up and so much more. Kim is a ridiculously, ridiculously successful entrepreneur keynote speaker and teacher she has worked with major brands like oprah maybe you've heard of her the new york mets baseball team and someone by the name of paul mccartney so this is an episode that you are going to want to listen to hey i want to hear from you every single week i send out amazing text messages if you want to receive the motivation the fire directly to your phone text me right now at three one zero. 564-7124, 310-564-7124, that number is in the show notes. Last but not least, hey, I have five questions, five questions that can change your life. If you want those five questions, head on over to the show notes, click on the link, and you can sign up, and those will be emailed directly to you. Okay, without further ado, let's get into this fantastic episode with Kim. Couch. Hey everyone, welcome to the Best Thing Podcast, where I talk to people about the best thing that happened to them that doesn't include the traditional markers of success. I'm your host, Antonio Neves. I'm the author of Stop Living on Autopilot, a speaker and success coach. Each week, I bring on a new guest who has a powerful story to tell that will motivate, inspire, and help you see life through a new lens. Now I was connected to today's guest via Jess Ekstrom, who you may remember from episode three on The Best Thing, and I'm so glad she made this introduction. Kim Kauf is an entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and one-of-a-kind teacher. From worldwide stages to her online courses, Kim's mission of investing in yourself, your career, and your network has garnered her worldwide acclaim. On LinkedIn alone, Kim has served over 60,000 students through her entrepreneur-focused LinkedIn learning courses. Kim's current company, Bright Ideas Only, is a marketing and fan engagement-based agency. The company works with powerhouse, A-list properties, you know, people like Oprah, the New York Mets, Ace Comic Con, Miller Coors, and someone by the name of Paul McCartney to create new programs, revenue streams, and branding. Now, some cool facts about Kim is that she was included in Forbes' 30 Under 30 list, She served as a judge for the 2019 Miss USA pageant, and one of her previous companies was featured on season five of ABC's hit primetime show, Shark Tank, securing offers from four out of five sharks. Kim Kaup, welcome to the Best Thing Podcast.
1: You, my friend, are the best thing. I'm so excited to be here.
0: That's what I'm talking about. Now, I just love your bio. There's so many things in your bio and your experience that I didn't even share with viewers, But I want to start with this interesting question I have for you, because you really put in the language and the things that you put out there in the universe that you are a teacher and how important that is to you. Tell me about using the word teacher, because so many people in this day and age are coaches. I'm a coach, but I like how you frame yourself more so as a teacher than anything else.
1: My mom was a public school teacher and public school employee for 30 years. So shout out to my fellow public school people. And so I always had such a fond place in my heart for teachers. I think they are the backbone and probably some of the most important people in our communities. And so when I was thinking about what exactly am I going to call myself? Cause you're right. There's coaches, there's educators, there's guides there, you know, all these different names. I was just like, you know what? At the end of the day, I want to teach people the lessons and tips and tricks and resources that I've learned along the way so that it can help them in their journey
0: that's amazing and I, and I like that reframe too because teaching coaching all these different words we use at the end of the day it really is teaching and and guiding folks i met you via your your weekly show on linkedin coffee with kim which is a lot of fun i'll put a link to that episode in the show notes it's something you all should subscribe to and watch every single week and when i first met you and just made the introduction i was doing some googling on you and watching some videos I initially didn't think you were an entrepreneur or, or a business person. My my first instinct was, oh, she's a broadcaster. She's a reporter. She's a she's a host. And that is because of my background as a reporter and host. Did that work for over 10 years in New York City with major networks? I was like, oh, she's a TV personality. Lo and behold, find out that's one of the things you do with your, you know, your online stuff. But you know, you're a business person. I'm just curious, you have this personality that that really, really jumps out on your videos. For me, it's obvious you probably can connect. With anyone, you can walk in any room and maybe initially not know anyone, but then 12 minutes later, know the whole room. Tell me a little bit about your personality and just what allows you to connect with people.
1: I am convinced that this comes from being an only child. So I was an only child, which meant that growing up, when Thursday or Friday would hit, I would have to make some friends and make some play dates, or else all day Saturday or all day Sunday, it was a one-way date between my Barbies and I. So I knew come Thursday, I better have some play dates lined up. I better have other kids in the class, you know, Zakia, Sarah, et cetera, saying, Hey mom, can Kim come over to play on Saturday? Because if that wasn't happening, then it was gonna be me at home <laughs> hanging out with my Barbies and my super. Nintendo. And so I learned this skill from a young age that, you know, to be outgoing, to be personable, to talk to people, to introduce myself to the stranger in the room, because it was a way for me to make friends and have weekend plans. And so I think that that really stemmed from a young age and just continued on the older I got.
0: Have you noticed that people over the course of your your career as an entrepreneur and business owner that you surprise people? And I I asked that question because you know, for my last three years in television, I was a business journalist and I interviewed so many amazing CEOs, and entrepreneurs, business owners. But one thing I can tell you is that a lot of them as brilliant as they were at business and running companies, millions of dollars of revenue, communication wasn't all of their strong points. It, it was rare. And I'm not talking about just stereotypical tech people. I'm talking across various industries. So have you found that people are caught off guard? It's a little bit unique for the work that you do?
1: Oh, definitely. And I think it also, you know, let's be honest, I am a female in entrepreneurship. That's rare. I'm a young female in entrepreneurship. That's rare. You know, so when you're talking about a hundred founders in the room, you're talking about 95 of them are men, you know, and five of them are women. So I'm gonna stick out like a sore thumb no matter which way you look at it. So for me, it's about okay how am I sticking out? How can I use that to my advantage? And I think you're right. A lot of people maybe kind of lean on their smarts or lean on the fact that they've raised so much money and they don't have to be as outgoing and they don't have to make a statement when they enter a room. But I also find that they're missing a wider opportunity because I do think that your network is your net worth and the people that you know and the resources that you can call on make such a difference when it comes to business.
0: Yeah, and speaking of standing out, I just love the conversations you have on, on coffee with Kim. And it was an honor to be a guest on there. And I can't tell you, there aren't many entrepreneurs who have their own, you know, show that shows up every single week as well. Tell me about starting coffee with Kim and what you get out of doing that. Because you run a company. There are other things you could be doing, but obviously you wouldn't be investing your time, energy, resources into that if, hey, maybe you're getting something business out of it. But when I watched it, I'm like, oh, she's. She's having fun.
1: As you know, living in New York City, it's such an amazing place to meet creative people and experts and CEOs and founders and really interesting A-list people who are at the top of their game. And I realized that I was having tons of these revelations and aha moments over coffee, you know, coffee meetings. And it would always be somebody reaching out saying, Hey, I think you should meet this fellow founder or Hey, this person has this new startup that I think you should know about. And what was the next question in the email? Hey, are you around on Tuesday? We should grab coffee. And I would go to these coffee meetings and I would learn all this amazing stuff. And then when I was going out with my friends later that night, or maybe having brunch on the weekend, I would tell them, wow, this is something I learned, or, Hey, you should check out this new app or look at this new resource. And people would ask me follow-up questions like, wow, wow, that's so great, this is so cool. And, you know, what about this and what about that? And I found myself going back into my phone, texting the person I had met on Tuesday and almost being this intermediary between the people I had met with and learned from and my friends and family who thought it was really interesting. And I thought to myself, well, not everybody can join me for these coffee meetings. So why don't instead I bring these coffee meetings to everybody and I make it as inclusive as possible. And I have people pull up a chair, pull up a seat and join me as I have these coffee meetings with these really interesting, fascinating, successful people and let them ask questions just like I ask questions. And I think that's what's so special about the live session is that people are asking questions and people are, you know, there were people that were buying your book before we even signed off because they we're so excited about it. And I think, you know, especially in 2021, I'm really even more bullish about giving everybody a seat at the table and making sure that conversations can be joined by anyone, no matter where they are in the world.
0: I love that. And just a couple more questions before we get to this question of the best thing. And one thing I like about about coffee with Kim, especially being on there as a guest is you have such a devoted following uh, of people that are all about it. One of my wife's friends like texted her like, I saw Antonio on coffee with Kim. And she, my wife was like, what's this? And I was like, you didn't know? So I love how devoted and engaged that people are. And I want to talk about just LinkedIn for a quick second, Kim, because in this day and age, when it seems like all the energy and emphasis is on TikTok, it's on Instagram. At one point, it was really heavily on Twitter, though I know still amazing conversations are happening there. It seems like you've really gone all in on LinkedIn. Could you Could you talk about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. LinkedIn is the weird cousin in the corner, right? It's not cool and sexy. It's not Clubhouse. It's not TikTok. It's not Instagram Reels. It's not Snapchat. Like it's LinkedIn. And it's that thing that everybody forgets about or only updates when they're looking for a job. And I get it. But what most people don't realize is about two years ago, Microsoft bought LinkedIn. Bill Gates, the Microsoft, bought LinkedIn and have been dumping hundreds of millions of dollars into that platform to better the algorithm, to expand the outreach. Most people don't realize this, but LinkedIn is one of the only platforms that is actively crawled by Google. So Instagram, Facebook, none of these things are crawled by Google. What you put out on LinkedIn, whether it's content or articles or videos, is actively getting crawled by google it's actively going towards your seo so it's sort of you know two birds in one stone you're getting the seo from google and you're producing content on linkedin and it's all showing up at the end of the day on your on your search results so it really is a fantastic platform that i've been super aggressive about people getting more active on in fact on my homepage, kimcalp.com, I give people these five tips that I learned that really boosted my profile in the algorithm, helped me get in front of more interesting people and helped put me in front of the right clients.
0: Yeah, I actually downloaded that when I, and I was in research learning about you initially. And there, as I was going through those five, I'm like, I know these five. Then all of a sudden I found myself on LinkedIn <laughs> updating a couple of things that were a little bit dusty and had some cobwebs that I'd left there for far too long. And for those folks listening right now that may not be familiar with crawling and what Google does, just a quick example. Say you write an article on LinkedIn that provides a lot of value. I mean, that article can be found by people searching for whatever subject you happen to write on. That can increase an exposure of you, your brand. You can find a brand new job, you name it. So make sure you're active on LinkedIn. All right. Last question before we get to the best thing question is when I was reading your bio, I loved reading the language of my current company. Like the language of current. Can you imagine, by the way, if you introduce someone like, hey, this is my current girlfriend. This is my current boyfriend. (laughs) So the question is, so for me, that says something about your mindset, how you show up, that you know, this is not going to be your last. You're going to continue to grow and evolve. So just again, I love language. When I read Current Company, it grabbed my attention. And I know you don't do anything without thinking. So so tell me about that.
1: You know, I'm fascinated, and by the way, have not mastered the Buddhist principle of living in the present, right? Anxiety is when we're living in the future, when we're so worried about what's going to happen. And regret is when we're living in the past and we're freaking out about what we just did. And so I do love this idea of staying present, even though Let's be honest, it's really, really hard for all of us to stay present. I, for one, love being anxious. (laughs) constantly have to find myself, you know, drilling out of that. And so I think when I use the word currently, it's exactly like you said, I've had other businesses in the past. I know there's going to be other businesses in the future. I know that I'm going to keep penning the next chapter in the book of my life. And so I want to be deliberate and say, this is where I'm currently at. This is where you can meet me. This is where I'm located. And I want to meet you where you're currently at, you know, as we build the future together
0: takes a lot of pressure off. If someone says like they feel like I think people think decisions are forever and like this is where you are right now. This is your current chapter. You can you can continue to write, turn that page where you're going to be a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. Who knows? But it takes a little bit of pressure off of us right now. If you don't exactly love where we are, what's going on to know that it's current, but it's not final. It's not for ever. So thank you. I like I like that reframe of that. Uh, but let's get to this question of the best thing. I, I talked to people about the quote unquote one of the best things to happen to them that wouldn't necessarily appear in their resume or bio that has had a profound effect on who they are today and, and how they show up. And I'm sure over the course of your journey, many of those have happened to you. I'm curious what's one of the quote unquote best things that happened to you that is continues to impact how you show up today.
1: I am I am a continuing active Reformed people pleaser. So I'm a people pleaser by nature, but I try every day to not be so much of a people pleaser. So one thing that was really tough for me when I first started my business was hearing the word no, because I wanted everybody to be happy. I wanted everybody to like me. That is my Enneagram three, five personality type coming out, really wanting to be, or Enneagram three better, really wanting everyone to like me. And so when I finally got in contact with my dream client, a client that I had really, really worked hard to even get in touch with, and I first pitched them, an idea that I thought was brilliant. And they said, no, it was pretty devastating. I'm not going to lie, but something inside me just said, you have to keep going, even though they said no. And so I continued to pitch that same client for not one month, Not one year, not two years, not five years, seven years. I reached out to them every single quarter. Not every single quarter was a pitch. Sometimes it was a congratulations. Sometimes it was, I saw this thing that would be interesting to you. I saw this thing that you did and I'm really happy for you. But I actively reached out every single quarter for seven years hearing nothing but no thanks. No, oh, we appreciate that. Thanks for reaching out. Not the right right thing right now. And I realized after seven years, when they finally, finally, finally called me for a change and said, there's something that we think that you can work on with us. I took away this notion that I had always known, but it's one thing to know something and it's one thing to live something. It's kind of like if you see somebody go through a breakup or a heartbreak and you say, Oh, you're gonna get over it. But to the person that's going through it, it's like the most devastating thing, and and they don't know if they're gonna get through it, but you know. So it's one thing to know that, you know. things can work out but it's another thing to actually live it and what i realized was that in business no is not a forever no it's just a not right now it's not that the idea is bad it's not that you're bad or you're stupid or that's not great it's just a not right now the the timing isn't right the exact idea isn't right but they're not saying no to you they're saying no to your business and they're not even saying no they're saying not right now and i think that moment actually living that mantra and seeing that you know hard work does pay off and you can get the things that you want if you keep trying it fundamentally changed the way i approach business where it also helped me solidify, there is saying no to me as a person, and there is saying no to the business. And I think that that's another mistake that people make all the time that they think that people are saying no to them as a person. And what I realized in that is, you know, my dream client and their team, you know, they liked me, they thought I was a nice person. But the idea was saying, you know, no to the business and no to that current scope of work, but eventually it did reach out. So it's kind of I learned two very big lessons. One, to separate myself from the business. And two, that no is not a no, it's just a not right now.
0: I love that. First shout out to a fellow Enneagram 3. For all those folks that know the Enneagram is, cheers to you out there as you listen. I like the point about really not taking it personal, right? It's so easy, especially in business, to take rejection personal. But as you mentioned, it's not no, it's it's no right now. A couple follow-ups to that is actually follow-up. As an entrepreneur, just as a human being, I would love to hear your perspective on why it's so important to follow up, because I hear this refrain all the time, oh, they didn't call me back, or they didn't answer my email, and it's as if people think we press send on an email, it arrives at the office, and everyone's like, everyone, gather around to my computer, I just received an email from the Antonio Neves, let's print it out and read it together, right? We think that's what happens when we text people or email people. So I'm curious your perspective on following up.
1: I think the... Art of following up is actually a lost art. I think the more digital that we become, the more instant everything, the constant refresh, the pull to refresh, the swiping through social medias, we expect instant gratification. We expect to order something on Amazon and have it at our doorstep the next day. We live in this culture that is not only telling us that you can instantly have everything an entire season on Netflix. Groceries to your, you know, straight to your door, a text message that's immediately answered by your friends. But it's also teaching us that if you don't get something immediately, you give up. And I tell people all the time, that's like doing one sit up and expecting a six pack. You know, I wish that (laughs) was the case. I wish you could do one sit up and have a six pack, but that's just not how it works. And follow up is the same way. You don't send one email and get the keynote speech. You don't send two emails and close a client. Sometimes in my case it took 7 years and probably hundreds of follow-ups and outreach. And to me that is the equivalent of having the six-pack abs and not having the six-pack abs. You know, follow-up is is a lost art and it scares me quite honestly for the future because I think a lot of young people who are coming up in business don't realize that Follow up is a constant thing, and follow up is something that you don't ever master. It's just something that you continually have to do.
0: Absolutely. It reminds me of a theme I talk about in the book and that, and, and Stop Living on Autopilot. I say the book now, like everyone knows what the book is uh, the book that is Stop Living on Autopilot about, you know, you don't climb a mountain by accident and how we we get there. And I like that example of one sit-up is not going to get you a six pack of abs. Uh, Something else I think, which is really important with the art of follow-up, as you mentioned, is as much as possible is to find creative ways not to be deletable. Like, of course, if I send you a text message or email, you can delete that so easily. But again, people forget about this thing called mail, the post office or UPS or FedEx. And there are certain things you can do to, to stand out, to engage these people. So you are memorable. I want to ask you this question. I guess it it kind of piggybacks a little bit on this idea of the art of of, of a follow-up, which is so critically important, is how important it is. And I think you can probably bring in LinkedIn into this as well, Kim, how important it is to reintroduce ourselves to people. I I, I think, I remember, are you you familiar with the rapper Jay-Z?
1: Obviously.
0: I remember, that's a joke, obviously, everyone. I remember when (laughs) Jay-Z when he retired early in his career and he came back and when on his album, when he came back, one of the lines that he said at the top of the song was allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Hov. Like, and I think people, again, they assume that people know what you are up to, that you changed jobs and now you have your own business. You you started a company that you're maybe unemployed. Uh, So what's your experience? I think people feel guilty sometimes doing that, but could you talk even more on, people reintroducing themselves and staying up to date with others.
1: I think LinkedIn is a great spot for this. And I think another thing, exactly like you said, you know, we don't realize, but we've always been reintroducing ourselves everybody gets the Christmas card or the Hanukkah, you know, mailer each year that says, this is what little Tiffany's been up to with her piano lessons, you know, you know, with the, with the cheesy card and we all do it. So, you know, we can all laugh about it, but you know, there's a day and age in that now where you can do that digitally. You can do that on LinkedIn about your career and what you're up to. And I have a lot of people say, well, I don't think that it would be that important or I don't think it's important enough to share. I feel embarrassed sharing or I don't know if anyone would care. And what I would say to that is if you were in a room with friends, physically in a room with friends, and you said that you got a promotion at work or you said that you were let go from your job or you said that you were thinking about starting a new job or whatever it was, how many of your friends in the room would simply not react zero. They would be either excited for you. Oh my gosh, congrats on the new job or concern. Oh my goodness. You you know, you want to switch jobs. How can I help? And that same reaction happens digitally. And the beauty of digital is it can happen with the community that you're building online, not necessarily just your friends that you know in person. I think especially during The pandemic, we've learned that digital ties can be just as meaningful and just as important as physical ones. And so I always tell people, don't forget about your digital family. Don't forget about your digital friends. There can be people that are rooting for you that want to help you that can, you know, get you to that next space in your career or your job or your life. And maybe they're people that you've never even met in person. Which blows people's minds, but it really is true that, you know, we've all heard the saying that you are the five people that you surround yourself with, and I take that one step further and say you are the five people you digitally surround yourself with in addition to in person because what we're consuming, whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram or Clubhouse or whatever it might be, those people are in your sphere and they're rooting for you and want to see you succeed.
0: Yeah, my experience, nine times out of 10 people want to see you succeed. And you got to find and find friends that are excited when you win, because we all know there are some people you share some good news. Like, I got the job. And they're like, oh, they're like, what, what do you mean? Oh, you're supposed to give me a high five. Right now?" so surround yourself with people that want to see you win. And a lot of those people are digital people, digital, the digital family, as you call them. My last question for you says so you're talking about the digital family. It made me think about something I've experienced over the course of my career. And I think about moving to New York city with you know less than a thousand bucks in my bank account and wanting to build relationships and then transitioning careers, moving to LA and building a business as a coach and a speaker. And I found that sometimes the people who ended up supporting me the most actually knew me the least. And the, so I'm curious over the course of your career, have you found that the people have supported you as an entrepreneur, just in a, as a business owner, w- was it part of that digital family? Those folks who are willing to make introductions, you name it.
1: I totally can relate to that. And I would also build off what you said in that the people that know you the least are also the people that know the current version of you. So I'll give you this example. When I meet someone now, I might introduce myself as an entrepreneur or the founder. So they get it. They say, oh, Kim founder, I kind of get put in this bucket in their mind. And the difference is when you think about people who have known you for a long time, let's say it's a friend from college or maybe high school, they've known you in a lot of different settings. They've known you as that high school girl. They've known you as the marketing person in college. They've known you at your first corporate job. And now they're kind of trying to readjust in their mind and put you in this bucket of entrepreneur. But, you know, we've all had those cases with our parents or family and friends where, you know, you go back home, you stay for more than three days and they treat you like you're 16 saying, what time are you going to be home or where are you going and are you taking the car? And so sometimes when people who've known you for a long time, it's really hard for them to accept where you are currently because they have all these different versions of you that they've known and loved and are in their minds. So I completely agree with you. Sometimes it's the people that know you the least because they've met you the most recently that they only know the current version of you. So it's very easy for them to fall in love with the current version of you, support, help, do what they can. And sometimes it's people that have known us the longest and maybe Love us the most, it takes them a little bit longer to come around and to maybe be as supportive and helpful as someone that you just met yesterday.
0: I actually love that. My mind's blown a little bit because, A, I think there's a connection between what you said about earlier uh, when I asked about your current company, but now how people know the current version of us. And so it even added more clarity to to my brain why people support me sometimes and the folks I thought would didn't because they know the current version of me and you're operating. The other people are on that old software, right? That hasn't been exactly. upgraded. So that, that's absolutely amazing. And I appreciate you for sharing that. And I, I truly appreciate you for being willing to come on the best thing podcast, to have a conversation with me and drop all this knowledge, um, with the listeners for people that want to learn more about you, which I know they do. I'm going to put all this information in the show notes. Where would you like these folks to go show up to stalk you and, and say, hello?
1: I always say that for me, there's nothing better than a mullet, you know, business in front party in the back. So I think business in front is I'm on LinkedIn every single day and party in the back would be Instagram.
0: All right. We're going to put those links up in the show notes. Make sure you check out Kim. She's amazing. You're going to want to watch Coffee with Kim. Again, I can't thank you enough for making time.
1: Thank you so much. You are the best thing.
0: That's what I'm talking about. Hey, listen, for more information on me and the Best Thing podcast, just head over to my website at theantonionevs.com. There, you can also sign up to read the first chapter of my best selling book, Stop Living on Autopilot, or receive five questions that can change your life. You can receive both of those things absolutely for free. All I need is your email address. Okay, if you haven't followed the Best Thing podcast already, please make sure you do that now. And while you're at it, please go ahead and give us a five-star review. Believe it or not, it goes a long way to help spread the word. I want to thank you in advance for doing that, and thank you again for listening. I will see you back here next week with another amazing episode. In the meantime, remember that the best is ahead. When you work and believe like the best is ahead, things begin to change for the better. Never forget, you have a say in this.